Welcome to Coffee with Customers, a podcast focused on connecting Epicor customers with our network of industry experts addressing hot topics of small business ownership. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Customers. Today, we'll be discussing the contactless customer, and we have a few guest speakers today. Tom Taylor, Senior Solutions Engineer, Sam Kirkland, Business Strategist, and our Product Manager, Kathy Marchetti. Today, I am drinking Pike's Peak. It's a Starbucks Keurig cup, and it has been my lifesaver since I started working from home full-time. How about you, Tom? Well, I got to tell you, Megan, I'm not actually a coffee drinker. I'm more of a tea guy. And right now I got a nice green tea going, but it's, you know, getting to be later in the afternoon for me. So I might switch over to an Earl Grey or some chai or something else that's really good. But you don't want to overly caffeinate me too late in the afternoon. Hmm. Sam, how about what's in your cup? Well, today I, uh, I splurged. I went with the community coffee dark roast uh, cold brew. So. Uh, bought a uh, cold brew contraption a few years ago. Started it last night. So, uh, so today we're uh, enjoying cold brew community dark roast. Oh, nice! How about you, Kathy? Well, I'm definitely a coffee girl, and um, my go-to is Pete's dark roast Alma de la Tierra, and uh, that's what I have in my cup right now. Mm, sounds nice. All right, so now that we're all caffeinated and we've made sure everybody knows, that's great, uh, we can get to it. Providing great customer service is a huge priority uh, for everyone in retail and oftentimes what sets them apart from their competition. A part of great customer service these days especially is providing contactless payment options. Sam and Tom, what are some of the new trends you're seeing um, in regards to contactless payment? So really, I think it's the adoption rate. Um, in previous years, we've we've had um, mobile wallets and um, the tap and go cards, uh, and the adoption rate was you know generally towards a younger generation. Um, but today, with the desire to um, have less contact with customers, and when we look at the the makeup of the checkouts that we have today. Uh, the, the credit card device itself is kind of a communal device, uh, you know, a lot of t uh, touching going on, and we're trying to avoid that. So a couple of things that we're seeing there is uh, having uh, customers get the wave-and-go uh, cards and then also the mobile wallets. In the past, um, I think I personally, in this, I have no statistics behind this, um, but it seems the mobile wallets were um, weren't as popular as the wave and go cards. People adhered still to the uh, to the physical piece of either plastic or metal as they're coming out today um, to have that in the wallet. But the mobile wallets are definitely very high security um, and protected very well. And so I think at point of sale, if we can reduce the physical contact with that device, uh, we're seeing those um, uh, those uh, two payment methods becoming very popular. Customers calling, uh, wanting to get those turned on, um, and and starting to use uh, to use those. Tom, are you seeing the kind of same thing? Yes, yeah, Sam. I got to say that up until recently. I only had one card maybe that was the you know the mobile capable that didn't have a chip in it and all of a sudden my card 
um, providers been sending me these cards. And it was funny, I do product demonstrations of, of our systems, and I had a signature pad sitting here in my office, and I was running a point-of-sale transaction. My wallet was sitting near the, near the device, and now that I have four cards with that are all local, it gave me a really loud, squawky, nasty message because it didn't, didn't know which card to choose from, and I didn't even realize that I had four cards sitting in a wallet you know, that close to the, the pad that would allow something to happen. So kind of, a, kind of a shock to me the first time that went off. <laughs> And the other thing that, you know, if and we are talking about, you know, the payment side, but there's another uh, area out there, too, to uh, worth worth discussing here real briefly. It's the receipts that um, the ability to uh, email receipts and also have customers being able to log into the system uh, and getting their information, not requiring a phone call or or coming in for information that uh, if it's contractor-based, um, a charge account, um, they can have access to the system to get their own records. But I think the email and receipts is a, a, another pretty quick hit item uh, out there that uh, reduces uh, contact and it really improves efficiencies. It's also, Sam, causing retailers to examine some of their business processes. In the past, for lots of retailers, if you needed a, you know, the consumer needed to process a return of an item, they had to have a piece of paper, a receipt. Well, now that we're going to, you know, e-receipts, retailers are having to figure out what is it we need to have in order to allow a, you know, a return. Also, in many retailers, you've got somebody sitting near the front door checking you out. On the way out, they want to take a peek at your receipt. Taking a peek at your phone, is that enough? So you know, business processes are also something they're going to check out. Perfect, yes. So what are some things retailers can do to adapt to the new environment and meet these new customer service expectations? And is implementation of these things going to take a long time? I think it's not as long as some people think, um, but you have to think, you know, what, what do I get? Um, you know, so let's take e-commerce or, you know, the ability to sell in a different way than you're doing today of, of the consumer coming in. Um, we have customers who have had e-commerce sites that are uh, changing those somewhat. Uh, we have customers who are getting, you know, for the first time getting into it, a rush. Uh, we did have a customer come up in uh, three weeks. That was really fast, but it, it's not an Amazon site but it, it gets them out there and in front of their, their customer. So I think we're seeing a lot of the um, e-commerce strategy or uh, phone and orders if I don't, um, if I, if I don't have an e-commerce um, site, you know, they've, they've hired staff to answer the phone and, and uh, crank out orders. So, you know, it's the buy online, pick up in store, buy online, pick up in parking lot, we're seeing customers set up little tents and, you know, you pre-order and we'll load, load it into your car. I have seen some businesses limit what you can buy. Um, I don't know if it's really limiting, but they're very smart and they're creating kits. Hmm. And you can buy a kit. So in the lawn and garden space, uh, you can get a flower basket or you can get a veggie uh, basket or you can get a tomato basket and they provide you with uh, dirt, soil and a variety of plants um, and then they're able to really stock their store in a much more efficient manner but still giving the people what they want. Um, if they just want flowers they, it's predetermined for them and uh, so I, I really like that idea and other industries I'm not sure if that would really work well um, but it's something to think about. Can I kit something together for the customers 
create a package for them and uh, and and offer that that reduces the labor and all with our customers or for the retail businesses. So um, I think we're seeing that, uh, seeing a lot of people working from home, remote terminals, remote access, um, point of sale you know, patterns, the layout of the businesses. Uh, if they are allowing customers in, there's a lot of changing, uh, you know, where we were a week ago to where we are today. Um, how customers are actually in the business is changing dramatically. And it's really uh, state by state uh, following the rules and regulations. Um, the other is um, mobile point of sale, right? Being able to take a device and, and work anywhere in the business or out of the business delivery. A lot of customers were seen offering delivery services. Um, and, you know, are we charging for those? Is there a range, a rate, minimum orders? Just business practices to think through uh, and how they want to adapt. I don't know if there's a, you know, a best practice to say this is more successful because I think every business is independent. But I think, um, you know, considering a delivery strategy is a, is a good option right now. Um, Tom, thoughts on any of those or? I'm going to lean with you, Sam, and that I've seen a great, a huge, tremendous, a large, uh, quite a big rise in the buy online, pick up in store category. Uh, you know, six months ago, a year ago, people weren't necessarily as worried or interested in that. It's like, okay, if I have to go to the store, I'll wait and look at it when I get there. But now they're really trying to minimize the amount of time they're on site, and the retailers, you know, based on current regulations, can't let them in. So they're doing a lot more looking, looking, looking online then actually in making a buying decision then just going and picking up so that, that's a really uh, a growing segment and then our retailers they're really trying if they don't have a process in place to handle that they're looking to us to try and help them you know suggest ways that they can make that happen because really their business is on the edge now and if you, if you can provide the service you're golden if you can't your, your days may be numbered and looking at that and, and staying in contact with customers is another real quick thing I'd like to hit on. In, in the past, it's don't over hit your customers with too much information, emails and uh, information using social media. But I think today it's keeping the open line of communication going to engage with your customers, let them know what's going on in the business, what you're doing in the business to help protect them, how you're protecting your employees and, and staying on top of it. We have heard some negative stories about social media people beating up businesses and we want to try and avoid that um, but by being a little bit more proactive but I don't think um, I think the business rules of the past of like weekly connections um, it's just you know do what feels right make sure that your customer base knows what you're going through what's happening in the business if you're open and we're starting to hear a little bit more about some states limiting what you can buy and you might need to think about how the store is laid out to, to service your customers more effectively if we get into a uh, more regulatory side on inside the store activity. So um, yeah. I think and all I those think, are going on. And I think I'd add to that too. I mean, like you mentioned, like communicating with your customers now is super important. And also making sure everything's up to date is important. Like your, um, your Google account online, making sure that your hours are updated. A lot of stores have more restricted hours these days and, and making sure that, you know, it doesn't say you're closed because technically you're open. It's just a different type of open. And just keeping that website, that first page of your website updated with your store hours and new 
process for purchasing um, and, and all of that information is, is key uh, to make sure people can find you and, and still, um, you know, go to your store. People still want to shop local and, and work with the people that they know. So just keep those lines of communication open. All right. Anything else, guys? We covered a lot so far. Um, Kathy, do you know um, where people can find some more information on, on how to, you know, get their current devices up to meeting these new expectations? Yeah, actually, um, I just wrote a, a quick newsletter for our customers, uh, retail customers, and um, we have all of the documentation on how to set up contactless if you don't take it and, you know, how to eliminate taking a PIN number at the at the PIN pad if you don't want well, actually, if the customers don't want to touch the pin pad, how to eliminate them having to click the accept button before the transaction goes out to get authorized. All of those documents are going to be on um, community, actually. Or you can even call the advice line to get a copy of that newsletter. Yeah. One of the other things I'd like to point out is that I've noticed I do product management, so I am analyzing all these contactless transactions weekly, actually. And... Um, we have a lot of people that are starting to use more devices, whether it's your smartwatch or your smartphone, than the cards. Because even if your card is not a tap and go, you can still add it to a phone or a smartwatch and make it contactless. So we're starting to see it slide the other way. So that's a pretty good um, indication of where things are going in our new now. Yes, the times are definitely changing. Thanks so much for that. Thank you, everybody. This has been great. I really enjoyed having, you know, the three of you on today. Uh, it's our first webinar where we had more than just one other person. So this has been super fun, really informational. And um, we'll see everybody again next time on Coffee with Customers.